Good morning, everyone, or as I usually say, Anyaseyo. Uh, welcome to our regular podcast, Knowledge Empowers. Uh, here with you is me, Ket, Anyaseyo. Then we have Barush. Hello. Then we have Kolaj. Dobre rano. And we have Mishko. Hi. Our guest. And today we are continuing with the conversation about the interviews, but this time we're going to focus uh, on the other side, meaning interviewer and how are we preparing ourselves for an interview and what everything every interviewer has to go through and how to prepare themselves for an interview. Micha, I have, I have yeah, many questions for you guys because you were interviewers, right? Mm-hmm. So you must have a lot of experience interviewing mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. So I, I hope you reveal some secrets like <laughs> that, that might be useful for interviewees as well. Well, and maybe I will start with a different question or slightly in a different perspective on that. Since Baru said you've done a lot of interviews, do you feel that you are now a better judge of the character of the person when you met them? Nope. No. <laughs> <laughs> nope. And so why to have an interview? It's getting worse and worse, honestly. <laughs> Maybe people are getting better and better. At and people are getting better and better. <laughs> it's actually right now I am exposed to more global interviews. Like interv- I'm interviewing Americans, people in Ireland, um, people from India, like Bangalore, um, people here in Slovakia. So really, I'm exposed to like more multinational interviews. And I see a huge difference in interviewees based on the country. And I have to say that the best prepared people for an interview are in India. Now, these guys can sell themselves like, wow. <laughs> and their CVs are so full of information that you, you literally get lost and you don't even know whether you can believe it that they really did it, but um, uh, in their mind is because there is just so many people in India, you literally have to be best at things to be able to sell yourself mm-hmm. and, and, and then go for it. But really those interviews are so enriching and so full, like they'll share with you stuff. Then compared to the people in Slovakia, it's like it's like huge gap. Whereas the guys in India, they are involved in many activities. They they really invest in their development, getting certified, um, getting very specific schools that they know they can get, I don't know, either the best salary or best jobs. So either they are engineers or uh, data scientists, etc. Compared to people in Slovakia, they only have school. That's it. But there are no volunteering, there are no specific work experiences, or maybe traveling abroad, nothing. It's like, it's huge gap, unbelievable gap. And then do this, do this make a difference to you as an interviewer? Like if someone volunteered or, or how much it is important to you? Mm-hmm. That's a good question. It's not really even like whether it's important or not important. It's more about 
showing you that the person is more open-minded and really explored uh, what everything is out there and um, what options you have. Like, because you as an interviewer, you, you still can, even though you might open a position, let's say here in Slovakia, but then you find a better candidate in India, it's just a matter of a decision. You know what? I will not open the position in Slovakia. I'm gonna for that candidate who is better in in India. And it's really these days. It's not that you have a comp competent no, competition in Slovakia or in Bratislava. You actually have a global competition. And this is something people really need to understand that you need to start. And and same is like we interviewed people in America and then in Ireland. But the guys in Ireland, we interviewed two ladies and were much, much better, even from the CV point of view, everything. Then instead of opening the position in America, we opened it in Ireland just because of the candidates. Um, now that we are talking about the candidates and you've done the interviews, do you have some of the highlights when it comes to interviews, whether good or bad, like, oh, mm -hmm. I met this person and this was the best candidate ever mm -hmm. I've met? Or on the other hand, I've never been so wrong and that mm -hmm, was a mm -hmm. lapse of judgment and you hired the person like oh how i how why I? have i done mm -hmm. that <laughs> and i want to hear both of you michael i want to hear michael as well so i'll tell you two examples so the person we hired in ireland was actually a girl from india living in ireland and for me shocking was and i, I don't want to be now rude to cultures but we don't look at india as a super prosperous country we know there are huge huge difference but when a girl from india told me on an interview that for example she did volunteering in helping with english to um, the kids from the lower let's say villages or they didn't have that possibilities for education mm -hmm because she felt privileged that she had access to education and that was that was for me an eye-opener like if this girl said that she felt that she's privileged whereas we are privileged and yet we don't do anything about it and and she recognized this that was like huge like whoa okay mm -hmm. like i felt slapped in my face like wow uh the second, uh, that was previous job, a guy who was extremely good in interview and, and uh, we really went deep, up, down, etc. And I'm like, this guy is good. And he even was able to, let's say, pretend or play that game or whatever, full three months, the whole trial period. And then afterwards, once the trial period ended, he became this almost a violent screaming person that my jaw just dropped down. And people were coming to me and to the other team leader that how could we hire him? And, and, and we were like, both of me and her, we were like, who is this person? That's not the person we had on an interview. I was so shocked but you really can try your best you can prepare lots of questions you will not find the character of the person un unless you really start working with that person 
Yeah, we had the similar experience when I saw one CV and it looked like we are going to hire a mega ever. You know, the guy who knows everything, who can do anything. And it looked really, really good on the paper. When we had him on the interview, it was like, yeah, he was somehow... Ex- he, he was just making a bubble what he is really doing f- for mm-hmm. his living. And we, we thought that this might be a fit for us. But at the end, uh, you know, we've been focused on the technical part that he's really good at this, doing stuff that we forgot about um, the attitude. And mm-hmm. we really was uh, very uh, happy that somebody with this skill is coming to our team. And we really forgot about the attitude. And in the end, we had a guy who was really toxic in the team. We mm-hmm. We... We had to wait one year when his contract ended because, um, you know, we thought that we can change this, but it wasn't possible. But during the interview, we asked very wrong questions. So, so can you can you name those? Yeah, we really as I, as I said, we saw the in, uh, we saw the CV, and there were a lot of technical skills, and we've been asking if this job might be fit for him because. You know the, the technical skill wasn't needed so big. So, for example, we've been asking about his uh, PHP skill, which he was uh, developing in many companies before, and it looked like he can even rebuild our whole whole system on his own. Mm-hmm. And you know, we've been blind because of the CV. So, mm-hmm. how how would you avoid this in the future? Uh, sure now that's like it's not just in the future we've avoided in the past because then we had uh, another girl for the position Mm -hmm. she had really nice uh, cv as well but we knew that uh, we had this guy before and it was lesson learned so we focused on not just the skill we focused on the attitude we asked the questions about uh how they will react in the team more. Because, you know, sometimes we've been very happy when we had somebody very skilled on the interview. Uh, It was a junior position. And we know that we knew that uh, those people were really juniors on it. And when somebody senior came, we knew that we can assign a senior project for this person. And maybe we can do something on top of what we are doing uh, usually. Mm -hmm. So... On that interview with the girl, we really ask questions more about how she will fit in the team. And, you know, that this was at the beginning when I started to do hiring because, uh, you know, we all just starting sometimes. And at that point, I think we did just like 50 interviews. So it was new even for me, even for mm-hmm. colleagues. So How will... would you, sorry, go get I wanted to just say that, let me sort of highlight or summarize how are you preparing for an interview? Because there are rules. And most of the uh, interviewees can find out that usually they're interviewed by two people. And by two is because a company needs to protect themselves. That's why there are two people. Uh, Second of all, Interview is a two-way communication. Sorry, Kit, can you elaborate? Protect themselves from what? Uh, because each country has different law, 
for example, you cannot discriminate or you cannot say or you cannot ask forbidden question. Forbidden question is, for example, how old are you? Do you have kids? Are you pregnant? Um, if it would be just one interviewee and one interviewer, it's a word against word. Um, that's why there are two people so they can really back up like you have your own witness. So it's really you need to pr um, protect the company as well. Then why I'm saying the interview is two way communication is because also for you as an interviewee and mostly the interviewer are super, you know, stressed and and because they, they think they're like judged, etc. But actually the same stress goes on the interview because they are now representing the company, the, the company culture, the, the brand of the company. And, and the way they are capable to create the atmosphere is already telling me what would be the culture of that company if I would join. And if I feel, let's say, a wrong vibe from my interview interviewers, um, or they are, for example, asking me forbidden question, then I know that the company is not investing into their own staff to train them, what are the newest trends, etc. So that already gives me an alarm, like, do I really want to join this company? And that way that prepares me questions that I would, because at the end of the interview, the interviewers always ask, do you have any questions? And if I would have these feelings, this vibe, that, that would be my questions to them, like, what's the company culture? because I observed that you have asked me, for example, forbidden questions. Um, is your company investing into the development of their employees? How often are you uh, going for an education? What type of education are you getting, uh, etc.? Because that's already telling me more about the company. And then I can make a decision. No, thank you. You don't even have to call me. I'm not interested to work in this company. And to be honest, I would even back like really years back, it was very used and common that you you had like recommendations as well. And actually the company called those recommendations. And I would actually go back to this that uh, if, if, you, if you are providing recommendations and vice versa, you because we have friends, Slovakia is too small that are working in those companies, pick up the phone and just call them. What's the, the style of the work in that company? Are you happy there? Because I'm going for an interview, but I just don't want to go into company that at the end I wouldn't be happy at, right? So that's one part of the interview, just to understand there are always two ways. And the second part is that uh, there are so-called competencies. And uh, that's uh, when you're looking at your position, that what kind of candidate are you looking for? What are the very specific skills that you need um, to be part of your team. And then you prepare the competencies. So let's say you need a team player, that's competency number one. You need a person that speaks English, competency number two. Uh, and you can go like this on and on. And based on that, then you are preparing questions. So how can you check that someone speaks English? Well, let's have the entire interview in English, right? That's an example number one. Um, and, and be careful when you are stating, that's why I'm saying, let's have the whole interview in English, because many people are trained to um, say their CV or their resume in English, because they keep repeating it on every single mm -hmm. interview. I, I've joined this company, I finished this school, da, 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 and then, oh, he's fluent. 
But then suddenly, when you start asking questions, so where were you on holiday? What is your best desti destination that you would like to recommend us? And suddenly they start stuttering. Like, mm -hmm. oh, what, what, what? Can, can, can you repeat, you know? And, and oh, have you ever had this experience? Mm-hmm. Wow. I had, okay. of course, yeah. Because people are so used to, to tell their CVs that it's just like, uh -huh. you go, like really by script. But then suddenly when you have just a conversation, you see they're thinking a lot about the right word, whether they can say it, which way they stutter. And then you're like, hmm. Or many people, for example, put, I'm a I'm communicative person. Yeah. And then you have the person on an interview and all you are getting are answers like yes, no, yes, no. And then I go like, but you wrote here, you are communicative, but so far I did not observe one thing that you are communicative. What do you mean that when you wrote it, that you are communicative? What does that mean for you? And I waited until the person explained. And if they were quiet, I asked them, please remove it from your CV because you are not communicative. Because you are quiet. I can't, I can't get anything that that's just not true. I did not mm -hmm. observe this particular point. This is actually mm -hmm. next level interviewing because you are giving them feedback on the spot. <laughs> yes, yes. And, and it's the best thing because then many times I also had like uh, Michal said, you, I don't want to say overqualified people, but you just had people with different skills. So I had once a guy who, who did study at university about history and he was focused on the era of the first Czechoslovakia between the fir First World War and Second World War. And when he was talking about it, you could see the passion. It was like amazing. And I'm like, if that's your passion, why are you coming for an interview here? I get that you need to pay, you know, your mortgage or your rent, etc. But you would be wasting your time here if that's your passion. And, is this, and I ask him, is this what you want to do at the end or that's your hobby? Because then it's different and he said no that's my passion and i would like to do like pr stuff i'm like then go and work at the agencies that can give you the right skill set and experience when you work at the agency when you prepare campaigns don't come here because we are just doers we already have that campaign and they are just telling you do this but you need to be there where the brainstorming is happening and i gave you a couple of name of the companies that are actually preparing the whole campaign, the brainstorming that he could go and apply, mm -hmm. because I think that would fit him way more mm -hmm. than what he would do with us. But you are a really experienced interviewer. I wasn't so experienced. I did interviews far less than you did, I suppose. And for example, I remember that uh, my Tufts interview was when the guy who came to be interviewed uh, was uh, from Slovakia, but his main language was Hungarian. Mm -hmm. I don't speak Hungarian. So I asked him if he want to communicate uh, Slovak in Slovak or in English. He picked Slovak, but uh, <laughs> it wasn't the best fit for him. He, mm -hmm. uh, like we had this technical part when I did uh, a uh, test with him. And then he was supposed to, to explain me what he was doing there. And I was trying to switch between English and Slovak, and it was pretty difficult. But at that point, I really tried to help him. Mm -hmm. Anyway, because I thought that 
it might be just the language barrier what prevents him to sell mm-hmm. his skills and experiences but it was a pretty difficult interview um, at the end i can say that we didn't hire him but really i tried it wasn't like i told him that yeah you should learn some language better than mm-hmm. hungarian because main language here is in english then probably slovak but you know I, I really tried hard. It's not mm-hmm. always just to kick him out of the interview that we don't want you here because it's not easy. Mm-hmm. But it's not about being like super experienced or not experienced. I am experienced, but I'm making mistakes or you are judging based on what you are able to find out in an hour, yeah, in an hour of discussion. And these days everything is done through Zoom, so it's ev- even harder. Um, I'm always trying to get like two way it's more like a two-way conversation if i could if i could do the interview the way i would do it is literally go for coffee just so we could both feel super relaxed and um i would feel like way more um let's say in ease and interestingly enough when we did interviews with the guys in america they gave us at the end of feedback that they never had an interview like with us where they felt comfortable it was like for them first time i'm like okay that this is my style but i said that's i need to show you the culture of this team this is how we are and 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 i really like this team it's the it's the truth but again we had people selling themselves and based on that i really judge okay that person must be detail oriented i'll give you an example was a professional interpreter so you really have to focus on details to be able to translate it correctly not to uh, misplace the words but so i'm like okay that person needs to be detail oriented at the end that person is not detail oriented so <laughs> you can make misjudgments it's just like mm, prepare test and also we have test cases where the person really thinks about it and gives us really good answer i'm like okay that's suitable yet in the work environment that person is not doing it but you had the right mindset. What, what's wrong? What's happening? So it's in that one hour, you are not able to make a proper judgment. It's always 50-50. That, that begs a question. And, and, and I would like to explore deeper what you started, uh, what you started there. And there are different ways how to do the interview. There are some applications you can fill in, which simulates the environment. I've heard that or I've been, uh, <laughs> I've had an interview where I, sh- where I was supposed to record myself to answer some questions. There are interviews where they put you in a room with all the interviewer interviewees, mm-hmm. and they let you play scenario. Uh, some other companies do it that they don't even have the interview; they just let you work, and after three months you decide. Mm-hmm. Uh, and each of you has a different experience when it comes to the interviewers and inter- interviewee. Mm-hmm. What would be the ideal? ideal ideal and you can go out of the box ideal interview process for you i'd go with so almost every comment uh, company <laughs> almost every company has recommendation system and i would what i would create is those who are recommending i would create like a ranking that if this person is i don't know a good performer and if they already really recommended a successful candidate they would get ranking and whenever that person would 
recommend, the per recommend a, another person, I would definitely give it a, like, let's have interview with that person. Maybe even two, you know, it can be like really a deep conversation. Um, and have a discussion with the person, if this is your friend, so let's say Barush, yeah? I wanna recommend Barush. And I would tell about Barush, she's very competent, accountable person, a uh, good project manager, has an excellent skills in um, virtual environment, is capable to work on a global scale and has years of experience that use that because there are still lack of people who are capable to work with different cultures on the scale like we are, right? And anything else? And, and Barus, you can tell me whether we will leave this or not. Yet, I'm not able to get her on any interview. But all of us that are on this call, we know how skillful she is. So that's why I'm saying that if we would keep like if the recommendation would work, that you would have those who are recommending, like a ranking system, you get that person in the company because you know that's a person you want, and then you try to find the fitting position. It's better if, because you are, if you are recommending your own friend, you know whom you are recommending and why. And that's how I would go. And then even, okay, is there another friend who could tell us more about them? Yeah, sure. Give a call to Collage and he can tell you even more. So as an interviewer, this would be the preferred way you get candidates. I would like that, yes. Okay. Michal. Just thinking about it, because, for example, I like the idea of what Katka said, that when the interviewer and even interview it will feel good, like on the coffee or whatever. Just on the other side, I really like the interviews in company because we could show them the offices where they will work. So it was like, look, you are going here. It, I believe it's even good for candidate because he could so, uh, see the people working on their places like in their normal daily life and he could have the impression how it goes there so maybe they they because of the stress on the interview you forgot to ask questions but uh, the impression will remain so you will go home you will think about the job and you could see it so i i really like this and for me for me it was comfortable because I, I know the environment, I know the people, I know how we work with the, for example, rooms. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes it happens that, you know, when you have a lot of people in the company, a lot of people are booking their rooms. We usually took room for a longer time, but sometimes it happened that we wanted to talk with candidate for a little bit over time. Longer. And when I know the people, I could tell them that, just please wait a little bit, this is interview, and it didn't take uh, minutes, it was seconds when I could explain this, they went and they let me there to finish the interview. Mm -hmm. So we could uh, like keep the good impression on the interviewer, interviewer as well. So I really wouldn't change this. It's like, um, may Michal, maybe for different now... company, that's different, but for where, where I did the interviews, it was the best. Thank you, Michal. Uh, and Baruch, Baruch you, you are on the other side as well. So, so what would be the ideal interview for you? You mean as an interviewee? 
Well, um, I would... It's it's a judge. It's a, a ideal situation of the process, not mm -hmm. from any other from any perspective. Sometimes uh, the process. Honestly, I don't mind the classical one, uh, like talking to uh, another two people. I don't like when there is one. As Kat said, I I think there is there are a lot of pitfalls if you have just one person interviewing you. And from from interviewee's perspective as well. So that's one thing I would like to have at least two people there. And if I would be working in an office, I would like to see it. I would like to feel that atmosphere in the office, like how it is if people are afraid to get their head out, <laughs> out of their computers or... Uh, if they have nice offices, uh, what's the equipment equipment there? Um, also, at the same time, I wonder sometimes why some interviewers only ask technical questions. And I don't feel like I'm getting the questions that would actually reveal my best possible side. So... I think it's more about, it's not the process. It's more about like how I want my interviewers to be very good detectives, right? So, <laughs> so I can, of course, say whatever I want, right? But it doesn't need to be necessarily what they want, what they're after. So they should have a good questions for from their side to find out what do they need. And how many rounds of interviews do you think is still good? Uh, for more senior positions, I think there should be manager involved if you get through that first round. So at least two for senior positions. For junior ones, I think maybe even one should suffice if the interviewer is good, right? or interviewers i should say but i really like what collage said like that system where you get all the candidates together and you basically let them act as a team or or do the mission together because i think at that time you can really reveal how people would act what are what is their actual knowledge and experience so i i haven't been on such interview before and, but I would like to experience that. But at the same time, I'm a little bit afraid because it's, I assume it's not taking half a day. So I'm afraid like in this kind of situation, I wouldn't be able to show as an introvert my best self. I can tell you that these kind of interviews are pretty difficult. We tried once with whole team, the candidate was there. But as the leader of the team, you really have to prepare whole team for that. Because then, even when we try to prepare it in advance, they haven't been used to do interviews. So they sometimes they ask questions which weren't very like correct, <laughs> I would mm -hmm. say. And, you know, that there is not just two people like we mentioned before. It might be five people in the room. And you really have to control it all. You cannot let, say, anybody something inappropriate. Or then there is a discussion which won't lead to anything because you, people are getting used to 
talk about anything. And then when they are comfortable on the interview, they start to talk about anything. And it won't help you to decide if this candidate is the best fit. So it's pretty difficult, I think, from the point of the interviewer. How come it doesn't help, Michal? You, you said that you, uh, or you, you started to ask about not skills, but how comfortable or how they fit in the team. Doesn't it say that they fit in a team if they talk about random things? Sure. It might help that you you see that they understand each other, but then the interview can take like hours, you know, because you won't get the final point and the overview about the candidate. So. I will say two, two things that uh, about the rounds, like how many rounds. So usually companies have two to three rounds, usually. So you have the screening where someone from HR is giving you a call. Then you are already moved to to an interview either with the um, already your uh, potential manager or it's vice versa that first you have with some team members and then are the team leaders and then the final round with the manager. So three maximum. I've heard about companies actually having seven rounds, not for a VP position. I'm really talking about the, the low bottom. I think that's like way too much. But I was just thinking, uh, Michal, remember when we did that program with the students from the hearing impairment school that they came to our department for the whole day and we picked two positions that could be suitable for them? so they can experience how it would work if a person with hearing impairment would work uh, in our team. And we literally like mapped a person. So it was one, one student with hearing impairment with one of our employee, and they worked in this body system for the, I don't know, couple of hours. And actually the outcome was uh, the happiness among of the students, like they could experience that. And I'm really thinking maybe if we would give a chance to candidate to experience that one day, and that way you can observe way more also out of the candidate, the candidate could observe and really feel that whether that would be fit for him, her, or, or, or for us as well. But I'm just not sure from the investment point of view, whether it's doable, because of course you are holding your own resources that they can probably do their job, right? So, but I think that that would give us way more, um, no, I don't even say better judgments, but just give you more sense about that person and whether that candidate would fit to your uh, needs because you would see exactly how the candidate is already behaving, whether he's asking questions, okay, if I need to do this, how how is the process? How do I need, you would see their thinking in a real life, um, experiences. So maybe that would be also another potential option. And maybe that's how we can end this uh, session for today. So guys, thank you so much for sharing your knowledge. Again, me very talkative, uh, my apologies. So um, as I'm progressing with my uh, Korean, uh, and I've learned I should not say actually Anyong at the end, I should say either Anyong Kaseyo or now I've learned this, uh, yeah, I've, I've learned this enchantment word, at least in Slovak, it sounds like enchantment word. Sugohasha uh, <laughs> smida. So, you should whisper it. Sugohasha <laughs> smida. 
So guys, thank you very much. If you like this uh, conversation or you have your own thoughts that you would like to share with us, uh, please uh, let us know. Um, go as wild as possible uh, with your brainstorming. Let us know and maybe we can share it next time. Anion kaseyo. Bye-bye. Thank you for inviting me, guys. Bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> This podcast represents our own opinions, experience, and our own ideas. We do not represent any official statement from our employers, and this is not their official channel representing the company.